Raccoons. Sometime between the wild one and on the waterfront, Marlon Brando was given a raccoon by his mother. He had previously been considering purchasing a chimpanzee. Brando recounted that Russell, as he named his new pet, would occasionally sleep between his feet at the bottom of his bed, and on waking would delight in tickling the actor between his toes. They would play fight and chase each other around the apartment, and during parties the raccoon would sit on Brando's shoulders and toy with his hair. Eventually, however, Russell grew too wild to be kept in a 6th Avenue New York apartment, tearing books from the shelves, urinating on records, and even once taking part every cog and spring from a wristwatch. And so, Brando had no choice but to release him back into the wild. Forty years later, he would still recount how much he missed that raccoon. He also said that men are propelled by genetically ordained impulses over which they have no control to distribute their seed. In short, he compared himself to an animal. It's well known that he was a man of uncontrollable appetite, both comestible and sexual, and that he held deep contempt for both his profession and for the general idiocy of the human race. He knew as well as anyone the strange mixture of veneration and contempt that society grants to those who do the least to disguise their animal nature. In early February 1862, at the age of 32, Elizabeth Siddle, artist, model and pre-Raphaelite muse, took an overdose of laudanum. Her distraught husband, Dante Gabriel Rossetti, was so racked with grief he placed the only copies of his poems under her long red hair in her coffin before she was buried in Highgate Cemetery. Seven years later, he had the grave dug up and the coffin exhumed to retrieve his poems. It was said that the corpse of his young wife was still then as beautiful as ever, her red hair grown so long it filled the whole of her coffin. In the months after her death, he was inconsolable. He could not bear to live amid her memories. And so he moved to a Tudor house in Chelsea, where he turned his thoughts away from mourning by focusing his energies on collecting an assortment of strange and exotic animals. Within a few years, his garden had been transformed into a wild menagerie, where he kept kangaroos, wallabies, owls, a deer, a toucan, which he took to dressing in a cowboy hat, armadillos, parakeets, peacocks, a woodchuck, a salamander, two laughing jackasses, a llama, a zebu, two wombats, and, of course, a raccoon. His animals were, in some sense, the same as Brando's, a distraction. At first they distracted him from his own grief, and later they distracted him from the boredom of routine. People, unlike animals, he found, can be predictable and stifling. Yet they didn't only distract the artist himself, for one of his closest friends, William Morris, was also fascinated by Rossetti's wombat, McGregor. Whenever Rossetti visited the Morris household, he would take McGregor with him, so that Morris could pet the wombat and sketch him as he played upon the furniture. With the distraction of that fascinating animal established, Rossetti was free to slip upstairs to join his friend's wife, Jane Burden Morris, 
in her bed. Two great men, both bordering on genius, and both in the same way slaves to self-destructive impulses, and two raccoons. The animals themselves are characterized as mercurial, restless, tricksters. They are ruled by whim and caprice. They have been said to live by touch and tactile senses, and shun the etiquette and convention of packs and groups. Perhaps Brando and Rossetti turned to animals because they had grown weary and suspicious of the company of people. Maybe because they felt they too had become trapped in a zoo, since the world had begun to see them not as themselves, but as wild and exotic creatures, and so they had become exhibits in their own lives. But I think that perhaps it was simply a different kind of kinship, one which asks nothing but instinct, the only thing by then that both felt free to give. Is it possible to have too much empathy? Next week's five-minute story, Sheep, will be available from Tuesday at www.sammeekings.com.